I am Julius Caesar. I didn't want this. I wanted a united Rome, the republic of our forefathers. Instead, I stand at the head of an army on the banks of the Rubicon, ready to cross. The republic will fall, and the Roman Empire will begin. I am Julius Caesar. How did this happen? I come from an ancient noble house, in direct descent from Aeneas of the Trojan War and the goddess Venus who birthed him. But we have not been an important house for some time. I mean, yes, my father rules the Roman province of Asia, and his sister Julia married Gaius Marius, one of the most important men in the world. But still, as I measured myself against the statue of Alexander the Great when I was stationed in Hispaniola, I fell to my knees in grief. Alexander, at my age, was already king of so many peoples, and the entire world lay, as I did, at his feet. As a youth, my family found me a place in the priesthood. Marius helped me there, but his nemesis, Sulla, began a bloody civil war to oust him. When Marius fell, they stripped me of my titles and offices. They took from me my inheritances and my wife's dowry. They demanded I divorce, fair Cornelia, but I escaped with her into hiding instead. Surviving might be achieved through hiding, but living required bold, decisive action. The goddess Fortune can bring about great changes through her barest touch. Banished from the priesthood, I waged war instead. Forced from Rome, I became a soldier, fighting in the east, the west, and northern frontiers. But I knew that I couldn't regain the love of goddess Fortune, unless I fought with my mind as well. When I was twenty-two, Sulla died, and I seized the chance she offered me to return. Rome was much changed, scared and cowed by the civil war. I could only afford a small house on the outskirts of the city, where I argued law and prosecuted the privileged for corruption. It is how I began my political career. Titles came to me. Imperator of the armies and Pontifex Maximus, chief priest of all Rome— this time was filled with possibility. Yes, always foes circling round, but Pompey and Crassus formed the first triumvirate with me and gave Rome peace and stability for years. Corrupt still, but at least at peace. Then it all came crashing down. Little men obstructed me. Their pettiness tore the fabric of the peace I'd made. I fought them as best I could within the corrupt system that they'd made, but I soon learned that Rome would only survive if she was cleansed with fire and blood. So here I am, back in Italy, outside Ravenna, standing on the snowbanks of the Rubicon River with the 13th Gemina Legion. I know that if I cross this boundary, it means war, but to turn back would be the death of Rome. I believe that with all my heart. After consulting with my officers and priests, I gather my robes and step to the edge. It is time to galvanize my men. The odds against us are high, in truth overwhelming. No one has attempted what we will try. It feels like we're attacking history itself. But I know how to lead men and how to shape them. Without training, they lack knowledge. Without knowledge, they lack confidence. Without confidence, they lack victory. I tell the Legion... The die is cast. We cross the Rubicon, and I begin my quest for godhood. I win. 
My legions, outmanned and under-equipped, are still the better soldiers, the better trained, and the better men. And for me, after victory, oh, then, my life only becomes more complex. A dictator seizes all power, but also all responsibility, for an entire empire. I drive out the rotten senators, I drive out Marcellus and Cruz, and I chase Pompey across the world, defeating him in Illyria and Greece, then resigning my dictatorship to Mark Antony so I can pursue Pompey to Egypt. But when I get there, assassins present me with the head of my dear son-in-law. I'd return with it to Rome if I hadn't just met the queen of the Egyptians, Cleopatra VII. The legends are all true. She is worth an empire and more. Now I'm in the theater they named for Pompey. Trebonius is hanging on me, prattling on about some nonsense, delaying my entry into the Senate. Little do I know that he is the first of the conspirators plotting my assassination on these steps. It takes sixty men to kill me. Twenty-three knife wounds. But it is the betrayal of my friends that hurts the most. As I fall at the feet of Pompey's statue, I cover my face so no man may see it. Dead at fifty-five. The Rome I rescued from destruction lives on. In the end, I accomplished what I set out to do. I secured a unified Rome for my heirs, though they fought their own civil wars after my death. I built a new government with services for all the people, especially my beloved veterans, and the greatest women and men of the age loved me and I loved them in turn. What more can a man ask of life than what I have received? I am Gaius Julius Caesar. I came, I saw, I conquered. And the world has not forgotten. This recording was brought to you by Ancient History Encyclopedia. For more great articles and interactive content, visit www.ancient.eu. You can find a video version of this article on the YouTube channel The Study of Antiquity and the Middle Ages by following the link in the description below. Ancient History Encyclopedia is a non-profit organisation. If you would like to support our work, visit www.ancient.eu forward slash support or follow the links in the description below.